Welcome to Crazy Crimes Podcast, hosted by Ari Kat. This is a podcast about crimes that deserve more exposure to aid in the arrest of the individuals who are wanted for the crimes mentioned. This is also to help others be aware of cases that do not make it to our news media outlets. Crazy Crimes is not for the faint of heart. It discusses details of crimes such as murder, robbery, violence, and gore, just to name a few. Listener discretion is advised. Crazy Crimes, Episode 3, The Murders of Derek Greer and Natalie Partida. Guys, welcome to Episode 3 of Crazy Crimes. I hope you have been enjoying my first two episodes and we are on Episode 3. So if you are joining me for the first time, welcome to this real life true crime world. Um... I've had my coffee now and I'm wired to get this episode recorded, edited, and uploaded. And if you haven't already, please follow me on Twitter at crazycrimes underscore pod for more true crime related topics and posts. So today's case is one that I was following when it first happened um, in 2017. I was intrigued by this case because it happened so close from where I live and also because these victims are so young. On March 12, 2017, the bodies of 15-year-old Derek Greer and 16-year-old Natalie Partida were found near the Pikes Peak International Raceway in Southern Colorado. So the Pikes Peak International Raceway is right next to Interstate 25 and this highway is pretty busy and frequented by drivers all over the country. I'm also going to give some background information about Derek and Natalie. I have done a good bit of research to give you the most accurate information. This case ultimately had a happy ending when their killers were brought to justice on December of the same year. From the very beginning though, I really thought this case um, and the whole story smelled of just teenagers, you know, being involved with the wrong crowd who do a lot of things that they, as teens, should not be doing. Derek and Natalie both attended Coronado High School, where he was a sophomore and she was a junior. I did my research and found Natalie's Facebook pages, and I do say pages in plural because she did have more than one. I just wanted to get a feel of what kind of life she had because there was barely anything said about her or Derek as far as like background of, you know, what kind of kids they were, anything. So. And just a disclosure, I am not in any way, shape, or form judging anyone or the choices they make in their lives. Um, From my point of view, Natalie was someone who was outgoing, very open to stuff, and very beautiful. Her makeup was always on point. She definitely could have used that talent to one day better herself. And I also found Derek's Facebook, but it wasn't public like Natalie's, so I didn't really see much of anything I can really explain about him or, you know, um, explain to you guys how he was or what I can see by his posts or you know anything like that so it looks like Natalie was also close to her sister which I'm assuming um, is older than she is I remember reading from one of the news articles in 2017 when this happened that Natalie and her mom actually had an argument the night she ran away and her mom asking her to quote please stay 
I think that's why this case stuck out to me is that she begged for her daughter to stay home that night. And you know, if Natalie had not left, she would still be alive today. But of course, being 16, I remember being 16 and thinking I knew everything. Nope. You know, if I can go back to my 16-year-old self um, and talk to her, I would definitely put her ass in place and tell her, you know, you don't know shit, little girl. <laughs> and it's true. Just to imagine that was the last interaction she had with her daughter. And it was a negative one. This is also why I always feel like you can never say, you know, I love you enough and leaving things off in a positive way is always the best path to go with. I just really feel for their families and the heartache of what their loved ones went through and, you know, the manner in which they were taken away from them forever. It's just you know so sad and so heartbreaking but you know without further ado let's go ahead and get into this case like I mentioned their bodies were found on March 12 2017 and on the night of March 11 2017 according to arrest affidavits the victims ran away from home which was the day before their bodies were found Natalie's mother actually reported her missing to the Colorado Springs Police Department. One of the last people who've seen both Derek and Natalie alive said that they arranged for someone named Tavo to pick them up the night before their bodies were found. The affidavit also stated that neither Natalie nor Derek were confirmed alive since they left with Tavo. So police found out eventually that Tavo's real name was Gustavo Marquez of Fountain, Colorado. When brought in for an interview, Marquez allegedly claimed he and the victims were driving around looking for a party and then they eventually split up when he claimed Natalie wanted to get cocaine. He informed police that he let Natalie actually borrow his car and that was the last time he saw both she and Derek. He told police that his car was eventually returned back to him by two unknown men. Okay, well, first off, <laughs> I feel like he already messed up when he told the police that two men just came and brought his car back, like, randomly. I don't know if he asked them questions as to where the two were, you know, Natalie and Derek, since, you know, the last person that he gave his car to was Natalie and she was not there returning his car to him the next day. I would have questioned it some more, but obviously, he was hiding something, so when when police looked into Marquez's phone, it was found that he was in fact near the location where Natalie and Derek's bodies were found, riddled in bullets with shell casings around them. A search warrant was submitted to AT&T, which was Marquez's phone provider at that time, and requested detailed call records and a detective analyzed his cell phone records using a web-based app called Cellhawk. It helps map GPS locations based on the call detail records. So after analyzing these records, it was demonstrated that on March 11th, 2017, at around 10.57 p.m., This is a podcast about crimes that deserve more exposure to aid in the arrests of the individuals who are wanted for the crimes mentioned. This is also to help others be aware of cases that do not make it to our news media outlets. Crazy Crimes is not for the faint of heart. It discusses details of crimes such as murder, robbery, violence, and gore, just to name a few. Listener discretion is advised. 
Marquez's phone accessed the cell tower in the area of Ray Nixon power plant with a directionality pointing southeast towards Old Pueblo Road and Hanover Road. Then at 10.59 p.m., two minutes after that, the cell phone accessed the tower in the area of Old Pueblo Road and Hanover Road. So this means that within those two minutes that Marquez was in the area according to cell towers, the teens were killed and they drove off like it was nothing. Marquez was again interviewed by police and according to the affidavit, Marquez admitted to detectives that he was with someone named Marco Garcia Bravo and another individual named Diego Chacon when they all picked up Natalie and Derek. They proceeded to a Joseph Rodriguez's home and it was said that he was threatening the teens with a crowbar. I mean, this is where all of these names came about and that is why there were so many arrests regarding the murders of these two teens. The men drove the teens around the city before finally driving off to the place where they executed them. The arrest affidavit also stated that as soon as Mr. Chacon got in the car, he put his arm around Natalie and pointed a gun to her stomach. I really don't know what I myself would have done but I can only imagine how Natalie was feeling and I really wondered if they had like a feeling of what was about to take place like that they were gonna get killed within the next you know couple of minutes Marquez also said that Natalie begged for her life numerous times during the drive Marquez and Garcia Bravo offered Natalie a chance to say goodbye to her family and handed her a cell phone but when Natalie did not log into her Facebook account Garcia Bravo took the phone back and told her that she lost her chance this is where it gets confusing and I have so much more to ask about her being given the chance to actually log into her Facebook account. I mean, if you were in this situation, would you have logged onto your Facebook account to say your goodbyes? I mean, I know Natalie did not actually do it for some, and for some reason I feel like I wouldn't have either. Once they reached an area of Old Pueblo Road, Chacon forced Derek and Natalie out of the car on Old Pueblo Road and made them assume an execution position. Guys, imagine being 15 years old, knowing that you are about to die this way. I mean, I can almost put myself on the scene and actually being there. This arrest affidavit at the Colorado Springs Police Department and El Paso County Sheriffs have put together is so detailed that if you have a very great imagination like I do, you'll also feel the same. I feel so, so sorry for these two teens and just knowing the manner of like how they died, like the blow by blow of how they died. It's just, it's just devastating and it's very heartbreaking. Natalie was the first to get shot and Marquez said that Chacon fired two shots into her and then she fell to the ground. Marquez also said that he believed her hands were on her head when Chacon fired the gun. Obviously, Derek saw his friend get shot and killed. He was 15 years old, guys. Being 15 alone is like already challenging enough as it is and now this is happening to him. It's heartbreaking and very sad and I feel so much compassion for Derek and Natalie's families to have to go through all of this. Marquez stated that Chacon appeared very calm while all of this were happening as if he'd done this before. Derek was shot by Garcia Bravo and once he fell over, you know, after being shot, he was again shot several more times as he laid there. The men then drove to a shell gas station on Pikes Peak and Hancock to get gas in order to prove that they were in Colorado Springs during the murders. So they're trying to, you know, put an alibi in place. 
it's a 23 minute drive from the locations where um, the location I'm, I'm sorry where Derek and Natalie's body were found to the Shell gas station so Marquez also told the police that during his first interview he didn't mention Garcia Bravo at all because he was instructed to lie by Garcia Bravo himself so I'm thinking that he's kind of like the, you know, shot caller for everything literally and figuratively, I'm guessing. All of the arrests soon came after this interview with Marquez where he actually finally decided to spill all the beans. And Alexandra Romero was later arrested for kidnapping and accessory which she also admitted to police when interviewed that she only wanted to scare Natalie. She then went on to say that her idea was for Marquez to pick Natalie up to bring her to an apartment where the men, I'm assuming the three who drove them and killed them, um, were supposed to beat her up and intimidate her at that you know, apartment, not just by the side of the road where they just get shot and killed. However, when Romero saw the men at a party later at that same night, Chacon told her that Natalie and Derek were already dead. Romero claimed that, quote, they are gone and that Garcia Bravo quote did one and that he Chacon quote did the other. She also told detectives that she believed that Chacon's role was to murder the teens because he was carrying the only gun and Garcia Bravo's role was to kidnap the teens and to also murder. This is a podcast about crimes that deserve more exposure to aid in the arrests of the individuals who are wanted for the crimes mentioned. This is also to help others be aware of cases that do not make it to our news media outlets. Crazy Crimes is not for the faint of heart. It discusses details of crimes such as murder, robbery, violence, and gore, just to name a few. Listener discretion is advised. Finally, she also stated that she believed Marquez's role was to kidnap because he could get Natalie in the car. Derek was only killed because he was with Natalie. This makes me so sad. I want to know more about how Derek even got picked up or if he was already with Natalie when they picked her up. This happened in 2017, but nothing really came out about more um, details of that night. There was a news report that recorded Derek's mom saying something to the effect of Derek died because of a girl he loved. I'm definitely going to dig more into this and if I get any updates, I will do a part 2 to this story. Now you guys might be asking, why did Natalie get killed that night? So what is the motive? Since we already know why Derek was killed, wrong place, wrong time, and it might be safe to say, wrong people as well. The police are saying that the motive behind the murders were never really explicitly stated in the court documents. So there was never really like a concrete, like, this is the motive type of situation. However, in one interview, um, it offers a clue actually that it was reported that a friend of Joseph Rodriguez, whose name is Ranin or Ranin Vargas, who was interviewed on March 15, 2017, claimed that he threatened to kill an acquaintance of theirs someday because that person stole a purse and other items at a party. It's safe to assume that the person or the acquaintance was Natalie. Now, it was said that they weren't really any solid motive. It was also said in the affidavit that Rodriguez showed a picture to Vargas of Natalie holding a sign that says, Me, I stole from them. Vargas also showed screenshots of text messages from Rodriguez not to trust anyone, quote, because everyone is in it, and he went on to name everyone in the text messages. 
One week after the murders of Derek Greer and Natalie Partida, Gustavo Marquez, who was 19 at the time, was arrested on murder charges to first-degree murder and kidnapping. A few days after that, the following persons were arrested, 18-year-old Diego Chacon, 18-year-old Joseph Rodriguez, and 20-year-old Marco Garcia Bravo. 20-year-old Alexander Romero was also taken into custody around the same time. After these five arrests, you'd think that they caught the persons responsible for these murders, but wait. The sixth arrest was Alexander Wilson, who was 43 years old at the time. He was taken into custody on suspicion of attempting to influence a public servant. Once again, I don't know what this means, but I did Google it and this is what I found. Quote, any person who attempts to influence any public servant by means of deceit with the intent thereby to alter or affect the public servant's decision, vote, opinion, or actions concerning any matter which is to be considered or performed by him commits a class 4 felony. After doing more research on this charge, it looks like Wilson lied to the police at first and that is considered a class 4 felony in the state of Colorado. The seventh arrest was a 21-year-old um, Angelita Prado who was arrested after Wilson on charges of second-degree kidnapping. Before her arrest, Prado led the police on a chase with meth in her car, so she pleaded guilty to both kidnapping and for the chase. On March 31, 2017, 20-year-old Brianna Dahlberg and 28-year-old Carlos, aka Tink Meza, were arrested on charges of second-degree kidnapping and possession of a weapon by a previous offender, respectively. So obviously, this case had an overwhelming number of arrests. I feel like it's because the victims are minors and law enforcement needed to make sure that all of the suspects and accessories to this case and this murders um, also need to be put behind bars, but it's not over yet. On April 1st, 2017, 17-year-old Endo Velarde turned himself in and he was charged with attempt to influence a public official in the double murder and was one of only two suspects, the other is Alexander Wilson, to bond out of jail. In the aftermath of the murders, an El Paso County Sheriff's Office spokesperson said that this case was a very difficult one for law enforcement because it was the first time in the history of their office that they've seen a double homicide and the victims were both juveniles. Like I said, it's very unlikely anywhere to have cases such as these where the victims are so young and their peers, you know, people older than they were both were, you know, did this to them. To also think that Natalie was actually dating Marquez at the time is so cringing and so scary because it's really the people closest to you and who you trust with your life almost to, you know, end up being the ones doing horrible things to you. Derek and Natalie did not deserve the ending they got. I feel like their lives were cut so short and it's really sad to even think about how their families must be feeling even till this day. I wanted to cover this case even though their killers were caught because I just want to remind everyone out there, you know, who has children, nieces, nephews, neighbors, godchildren, you know, neighbors you see riding their bikes around, you know, the neighborhood, just anyone, you know, make sure we are keeping an eye on them and making sure that they steer in the right direction. This is not just for, you know, unfortunate for the victims, but also for to the families of the suspects because, you know, they also lost loved ones to the justice system because they decided to, you know, make choices that put them in jail. 
I'm just really so happy that the suspects were caught right away and I do hope Natalie and um, Derek rest in peace and, and I hope their families find peace after all of this. Once again, condolences to the families of the victims. I really do hope that everyone realizes that violence is not the answer and another human's life being taken away is not the answer. Thank you guys for listening to Crazy Crimes Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I welcome you to the world of crime. Please follow me on Twitter at crazycrimes underscore pod for more crime related content. I will also post a lot about the references I've used for all of my research.